basketball game so I'm really excited about it I have Cavaliers socks on as well can you see this Cavs socks I have another Cavs shirt on underneath this they don't make Cavs underwear for 13 year old boys so I just have regular underwear on <clears throat> but I'm working on it um, you guys I'm the host of your show and my team just won a thing finally thank you so much Usually I'm one wife of a two-wife host team uh, with, alongside my wife, Cameron Esposito, but uh, she has a bunch of shit she has to do, and she's also super tired from <laughs> hugging me and holding me while I was crying over the weekend <laughs> while my team won. So, you guys, she's not here, but it's just me, and that's fine, right? Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys... How many people are new to the show? Oh, okay. Awesome. Thank you for coming. I'll explain um, why I'm even talking about this, uh, and the rest of them will probably understand. Um, I am from a town called Akron, Ohio. Woo! Yeah. Are you from Akron, Ohio? You're just into it. You went to Oberlin. Awesome. That's the cool place. <laughs> Akron is not where Oberlin is. Oberlin is where Lena Dunham went and other cool people that uh, make HBO television shows. <laughs> um, but Akron, up until the other day, uh, was just a place where, like, things rusted and fell apart and people mostly left to get things done. Um, but I am from Akron, Ohio and LeBron James is from Akron, Ohio. Not only are we from the same town, we are from the same part of the town, which is the wrong side of the tracks. Like we are both from the crappy part of Akron. And so I just, I was so excited about this, but I've been a long time Cleveland sports fan. I mean, I have a tattoo of that state on my hand. Like, What's up with me? You know what I mean? I don't even know. I, like, could not wait to leave. I moved to Indiana, of all places, and then got a tattoo of Ohio on my arm. I don't know. I don't get it. It's just that's what's happening. But, like, I've been a long-time uh, Cleveland sports fan. I never really cared about football that much. So, whatever. So, I just mean the Cleveland baseball team. Don't like to call them by their name because it's uh, racist and they need to change it. So, I'm a fan of that team, not the name. And also a big uh, Cavaliers fan. And I was a big LeBron James fan because he can't, comes from my streets, same streets. I was, like, so proud of him. I think he's an awesome dude. He's very funny in Trainwreck, if you haven't seen it. It's very funny. Is this a Golden State crowd? <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, sorry, you guys. I won one. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't want to gloat, but also I'm very happy about it. Um, I don't have any, like, material. I'm just going to talk to you guys about uh, how excited I am and how I'm, like, a little, uh, little guy from the wrong side of the tracks who finally won one. It's just, like, I don't even know how to say we won. Like, it feels weird to say we won. Have, is anyone from a place that has never won anything? And that is what they are known for. Like... <laughs> We are known for losing. Like, that is our thing. Like, at the, the press conferences when LeBron James won and they're talking to him, he's like, the fumble, the shot, the drop, the drive, the this. Like, all of our losses are just like, 
things along the line in sports where it's like, oh, that's when Cleveland lost, and then they 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 lost. Cleveland's a great city. (laughs) Mistake by the lake, they call it. Because one time our river caught on fire. I don't know. (laughs) And like, I'm watching video of my hometown. I mean, it is just like, could you imagine the most downtrodden people? Like, we have nothing. The only thing we have is how many times we've lost. That's actually what we have. And there are people going, "Ah, I don't know! Like, on the news. Like, they don't even know what to say. Like me right now. And when I was watching that game, like, I'm very superstitious. And so, like, I... I have never had a LeBron James jersey before because I was like, I have to wait till he wins. Like, I haven't had one. I just, I can't, it doesn't feel right. It feels weird. Also, I'm an adult woman. That's strange. Um, But you know, get a jersey, whatever. This is a kid's size. It's perfect. So, like, I wore the same shirt that I wore when I watched them win the last time, and I was like, I can't go watch this with other people because I can't have anybody see me be the emotional mess that I'm going to be because I thought, like, if we lose, I'm going to punch a hole through a wall, probably. (laughs) And if we win, I have no idea what's going to happen because it's literally never happened before. And then it happened, and I fell on the floor... And I started hyperventilating. And stuff came out of my nose and mouth. So you guys, I'm very excited to be here. Um, let's see, what else? I don't know, I just, I'm just so happy about it. And I just, I can tell you guys are like, I don't know, we're Golden State fans. Like, it's just like effortless for them. And they just shoot basketballs like they're at a carnival winning a teddy bear. And like, I get it, but like... I don't even know what to say. It's so exciting. I bought this jersey for this show. It came on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend it. Because if you also get Amazon Prime, you get Amazon Video. And now you can get an add-on subscription of CISO to Amazon Video. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm making a TV show for CISO. So look at that branding. Get this jersey. Eventually, watch my TV show. I'm going to be the LeBron James of comedy on CISO. So it's going to be super great. And the week before this, on Thursday, I was in New York. And I haven't been to New York in a while. Um, and I just, like, I knew I was, I was doing a fundraiser show that was all lesbians and queer women on the lineup. And I was really excited about it because Orlando had just happened. And I felt really good about being on a lineup and probably a crowd that's at least at the, at the very least an ally crowd, you know, a crowd of lesbians and queer-minded people. So I was really excited to do that show, and I just, like, knew when I was getting picked up, and I knew when I was getting dri- dropped off. I didn't even really see where the venue was or where my hotel was. And then I got in the car to be driven to my hotel, and the driver was like, well, there's really not much around where you're going to be at. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's weird. That's- New York, right? It's kind of weird if you're in New York and there's not a lot going on. Where am I going? New Jersey? What's happening? But then when he dropped me off, uh, I was dropped off in Times Square. <laughs> and my hotel was in Times Square. And I shut my curtains and I could still, just the outline of a neon sign was flashing in my room. So it was very like uh, St. James Hotel in Big. I felt very much like Tom Hanks in his little sweatpants. It was very loud and bright. 
But man, New York, I don't know. People come here from New York and they love to be like, LA is so stupid. It's so dumb. What do you guys like hang out all the time? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Have you ever hung out? It's like the best thing. You get to hang out with people that are cool and then you just do what you want to. It's fantastic. Have you ever done that? But no, they're like, no, LA's so stupid. You guys like hang out and you have beaches and there's like sun and the weather's nice. We're like tough and we put our garbage on the street. It is 2016. There are multiple ways of dealing with trash other than just putting it on the street. It's as though New York is just all cobblestones and like, what? It was already here. I alienate you guys with all my LeBron James material. I'll get you back. Try to bring you back with New York and you're like, I don't know. We don't like New York, but... We'll see. Let's see. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but I did this show, and there were so many awesome women on the show. This woman named Marsha Warfield, do you guys know who that is? Yeah. yeah, she did comedy on the show. She's not only like a fantastic stand up comedian, she's also Roz from Night Court. Yeah. She's the LeBron James of Night Court. She crushed. And there were some other comics that are like up and coming. And then like um, the last, com- well, actually this one woman went on. She wasn't a comic necessarily. Her name was Billie Jean King. She's pretty effing cool. Have you seen Billie Jean's haircut? It's the same. And I love that about her. She's like, no, I'm committed. This is my trademark. I'm Billie Jean motherfucking King. She was great. She had an awesome little jacket on. She's super nice to me. Um, the band Betty played and to those of you that are not lesbians in the audience you won't know who that is but I'll explain Uh, the band Betty did the theme song to the television show The L Word in the second season (laughs) that was the best thing I've ever heard in my life oh I have a peanut gallery it's great so that was awesome I got to like sing they wrote a song for the fundraiser but it was actually just like one of their other songs that they already did, but it was like really fast. I was like, I can't sing along to this. And I just danced on stage next to Billie Jean King, which never thought I was going to get to do that, you know? Uh, but anyway, so I think that like the, the, the topper of the night would have to be the headliner of the show uh, was a comic named Rosie O'Donnell. You guys heard of this upstart comedian? She's really great. She's super nice. She's, you know, like... It's really awesome to meet, like, celebrities. It's super, it's such a, it's very cool. I, don't, I like it. Billie Jean King, come on. I was like, what? Come on. This is amazing. But it's really awesome when somebody is, like, super famous, they've been on TV, and everybody knows who they are, and then they go, hey, I'm Rosie. And they introduce themselves. That is, like, the coolest thing. I went to see Beyonce at the Rose Bowl, and she came out and did, like, 20 songs with 30 different outfits. And then she finally took a break, and she was like, Pasadena, I just want to thank you for having me. Like, come on. You're Beyonce. Like, what? what? Come on. We would have sold our houses for you. to be. Like, you don't have to be great. God damn it. You're grateful too. Jesus. It's just really nice. But I think the best part of that night, like Rosie got up, she was doing some jokes 
um, and nobody, she kept calling me Rebecca Bouchier, which, okay. <laughs> Never fancied myself as much of a Rebecca, but you know, <laughs> Bouchier, sure. <laughs> Rebecca, not so much. <laughs> Becky, nah, I, don't, I have good hair, but <laughs> come on, you guys, you gotta give me that one. <laughs> Thank you. But I think the best moment was when Rosie was, she was like talking about everybody and giving everybody compliments, saying like, you know, being really uh, nice to everybody, saying like, these comics are really great. And then she brought me up, said, my name is Rebecca Bouchier. Then she was like, you know, the, the Katie Lang looking one? <laughs> best day of my life! <laughs> Never could I have imagined in 1991 as a nine-year-old child, very confused about myself, loving Katie Lang a lot. <laughs> and just being like, she's just like so cool, you know? Mom, she's just like, can I have my hair cut like that? Can I wear suits like that? Just not totally getting it yet. Just loving Katie Lang and really liking that cover of Rolling Stone with Cindy Crawford and Katie Lang. And not totally understanding why just yet. And then also watching Stand Up Spotlight, hosted by Rosie O'Donnell, and being like, I really relate to her. I'm not sure why yet. I'm sure I'll figure it out. And then fast forward, jumping a DeLorean to 2016. Did I ever think that Rosie O'Donnell would call me Katie Lang? I have been called Katie Lang by so many people, and it has never felt good. But God damn it, it felt good that night. Are you guys ready to have a good night of comedy tonight? And put your hands together. Great. Because I am excited about this show. We have so many amazing comics. They are all friends of the show. They're all fantastic. And this first comic, he is out of Denver. He is super funny. You may have seen him. He was on a Trump versus Bernie episode playing Don Lemon, I believe. You guys, please give a warm welcome to Troy Walker. What's up, guys? How's everybody doing? Glad to be here. Tell you a little bit about me. I uh, saw a story in the news recently that I think is one of the funniest things that's happened all year. I don't know if you saw this. It's about a couple went to a sperm bank to get a donor, right? Completely reasonable thing you would do. Makes complete sense. They both happen to be blonde-haired with blue eyes. They wanted a blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby that would look like both of them. Again, completely reasonable thing you would do. Makes complete sense. Turns out, sperm bank fucked up. Black baby. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but now they're like suing a sperm bank, right? Like, hey, what's this shit? And uh, people are saying that it's racist that they're suing a sperm bank. But I don't think it's racist that they're suing the sperm bank, you know? Because, like, think about it like an analogy, right? Let's say you spent a lot of time and effort and money researching what type of cell phone you wanted. And ultimately, you decided that you would like a white iPhone. <laughs> but then, instead of a white iPhone... They gave you a black baby. <laughs> it's not what you wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> went, to, uh, went to college, went to law school. Now I'm doing comedy. <laughs> I got a job after school. It's a big boy job. Taught me a few things. Like, uh, I used to think that I could never have been a slave. You know, I would have, like, run away, made them kill me, something like that, right? But once I started working a corporate job, 
I realized that I definitely would have been a slave. Like, I absolutely would have been a slave, no doubt in my mind, right? It's like, I worked with this guy who was always complaining about how he felt like the company was mistreating us. Like, he was always like, dude, they can't do this shit. They can't just take our holiday pay away for no reason. We should say something about this. And I was just like, don't you go starting no Trevor's down here. <laughs> These financial folks is good peepers. It gives me lunch breaks and it lets me wear khakis. Even gets casual Fridays most weeks. Sound to me like some folk just don't know how good they got it. And he's like, quit fucking around. Did you even read this email from Human Resources? And I was like, don't let them know you can read. <laughs> not let them know that you can read. It's a very important part of both slavery and corporate America. <laughs> I am from Denver, Colorado. Uh, been in L.A. about a year. And I like L.A. It's a cool town. You get to do some cool stuff I didn't get to do back home. Like recently, I went to a hot chicken truck, guys. It's a food truck. Sells southern-style hot chicken. It's really good. It was also $12 for a piece of chicken. <laughs> and it's not that good. Especially when you come from a place like Colorado where we didn't grow up with things like hot chicken trucks. We just grew up with KFC, which is also pretty goddamn good. Do you have any idea how much chicken I could get at KFC for 12 fucking dollars? They would have to close. Manager be mad at me and shit. Oh, sorry, everybody. We're all out of chicken. This fucking Kanye over here decided to spend 12 bucks. Here's your 18 buckets of chicken, your majesty. Need help carrying this shit to your yacht? It's a weird town you have. I had a little success out here. I was, uh, I was in a PetSmart commercial not too long ago, guys. It's, it's going pretty good. I was in a PetSmart commercial. It was actually really cool, man. It like aired all over the place. But, and, uh, but a weird thing happened. My brother got a call from a friend of his, this black lady lived really deep in the South, who told him that she saw my commercial and she really liked it but she didn't like how white she thought I was talking in the commercial, which pissed me off, because I only had two lines in the commercial. The first line was, this is our flea and tick section. And the second line was, how bad is your infestation? The fuck are you supposed to black that up? What did she want me to do? I was a corporate spokesperson for a pet company. She just wanted me to be the worst, most stereotypically terrible black pet smart employee ever. Just some dude creeping around the back like, psst, ay. Ay, nigga, you like parakeets, nigga. Got the hookup on them keats. It's like slanging mixtapes in the back by the fish. Ay, ay, homie, ay. Ay, homie, ay. Ay, yo, come back after we close, man. We gonna fight all these dogs. She made me so fucking mad. Because it's such a stupid, self-hating thing to say, you know? It's like, here's the deal, right? When you're black, however you dress, however you talk, whatever you like, whatever you're into, is black. Because you're black. And when you're black, you're always black. Like, what does she think? The police won't beat the shit out of you because you're wearing Ugg boots? Get the fuck out of here. They'll choke you with your scarf. That's <laughs> where you got that Prius. I have been watching the LAPD, and they're the most terrifying police department I've ever seen in my life. They're like, it's really, really ridiculous. But they also kind of let you know when you're from another place how much crazier and more dangerous the city of Los Angeles is than other cities. Because the amount of shit that they just don't even have time to care about. 
is astronomical. Like stuff like other police departments would send eight cars for, they don't even get out. They just like yell out the window, cut that shit out. And then just go like drive off to like save the mayor from a clown or some crazy shit. It's fucking insanity. <laughs> I, um, I like to go shopping late at night and uh, you know, Nice and normal. <laughs> I like to go buy my groceries really late at like 2 in the morning when I don't have to deal with crowds and traffic and things like that, right? And the other night, I was at uh, Vaughn's in Hollywood at like 2 in the morning, and I'm wandering the aisles, and it occurs to me that I want something sweet, right? I have a sweet tooth, want something sweet, but I'm in L.A., right? This shirt already fits terribly. I don't want it to work any worse, right? I got to get something good for me. And I'm, I'm like, what can I get? What can I get? And then I spot it, Jello. Boxed Jello, classic Jello, the kind in the boxes that you have to make so you don't eat too much of it. I'm like, that's exactly what I need. I get four boxes of Jello, frozen pizza, bag of grapes, and I go to the checkout. And then I'm checking out, and the lady rings up, frozen pizza, bag of grapes, four boxes of Jello, and then she looks at me and goes, "You have a fun night." <laughs> and I was like, "Does this lady think I'm about to fuck this Jello?" Because that pretty much has to be what it is. Like, if you're a dude, like a young dude by himself at a grocery store at 2 in the morning buying a frozen pizza, grapes, and four boxes of Jell-O, the only way you're having a fun night is if you're fucking that Jell-O. <laughs> Which is crazy, because you can't fuck box Jell-O. You can't. It's cold. It takes four hours to set. By the time it's ready, you're not even hard anymore. It's a logistical nightmare. Anyway, so I'm fucking this pizza, right? <laughs> That's it for me, guys. Thanks for listening to my joke. Troy Walker, you guys. Jello. What flavor was it, Troy? Uh, it, I got oh my God! <laughs> various flavors of Jello at once. Yeah, just those two, but four, I get it. I understand. Um, I don't know if you guys know this about me, uh, but I am a lifetime vegetarian, and my last name's Butcher. It's very perfect. And I don't know if you know this about Jell-O, but Jell-O is just straight-up gelatin. And if you don't know what gelatin is, it's animal parts. And I'll just leave it at that, because you guys don't need to know what animal parts it is. In fact, just saying it's animal parts is actually probably worse. So when I was a kid, I was not allowed to eat it because my mom was a vegetarian. She raised me that way. And she was very specific about it. She's a very sensitive lady. She would cry just thinking about Jello. I mean, that's just how sensitive she was. Like, she would be like, you can't. No Jello, okay? I just. It's. You know, it's animal. Just don't eat the Jello, okay? Have a good day at school. So that was like my life. Um. <laughs> Made me a very emotional person. But when I, I went to, I played basketball growing up, like somebody else I was talking about earlier. Um, also, by the way, my first number was six. That was his number on the heat. Guess what my second number was? 23. What? His address was 602. Mine was 603. What the hell? We're the same person. Anyway. <clears throat> so I was, I think, uh, in sixth grade. Don't remember how old you are in sixth grade. And I went to a basketball camp. So it was like my first time staying away from my house. I grew up in my 
uh, house with my mom and my grandparents. She was a single parent. She moved back in with her parents. They helped raise me. They were way old. I watched a lot of Columbo and Perry Mason. I have a, a vast uh, knowledge of very old things. Um, like I use the word jalopy sometimes. So I went to this camp, and it was the first time I got to just, like, choose my food. Because it was at uh, Muskingum College. You might know it. Oberlin. Uh, it's in South uh, Fl- Florida? No, I'm talking about Ohio. It's in South Ohio. And they are called, like, the Muskinga, the muskies or something, because it's like a fish. I don't know. Anyway, Ohio's weird. So I went to this basketball camp. They had the, the college food stuff in their dining hall. That was what I got to choose. And they had so much jello, and I was like, I'm going to eat some Jell-O now. I'm on my own. I'm going to eat some goddamn Jell-O now. I hope my mom's listening to this because she doesn't know about it. She has no idea that I ate Jell-O when I was 12. And so they had just like this huge tray of blue Jell-O and I was like, that's all I'm eating. I'm just going to eat this. I got to eat it. I got to know what it's like because my grandmother used to eat it every night and I couldn't eat it. I want to know what it was. So I started eating it and I was like, this is disgusting. What is this? Because it's just, I mean, what is that? It's like gack, basically, like Nickelodeon... <laughs> Like, you'd get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, ooze with the tiny glowing turtle in it and play with that, and that was what Jell-O tasted like. I was like, this is disgusting. So then I, like, moved on from the Jell-O. This is also when I realized uh, the whole, you know, Katie Lang thing of my life, which is that all the coaches, I mean, they had coaches from college that played college basketball, and I don't know if you know this, but, like, 99% of women that coach and play college basketball totally gay <laughs> like it's up to, i'm not saying you're gay if you play back i'm just saying like odds are you enjoy sweatpants a lot more than a skirt and if you do wear a skirt it's probably denim you know what i mean it's like that kind of a thing especially in southern ohio so we were hanging out in the dorm and watching mtv and uh this was like 1993 or whatever so they were still playing music videos they were playing a lot of Music videos from Batman Forever. Just like a lot. A lot of that. Just over and over again. That U2 song and then the Seal song. Just over and over and over again. And so we'd watch those and really enjoy those. But the, all these like little girls were just watching MTV. And there was like an upstairs part where you could just walk by and see what was happening. And in between the U2 Kiss Me, Kill Me, Thrill Me, Bill Me, whatever song, um, they played Rump Shaker. Do you guys know this music video? I mean, basically, the, the name of the song is all that happens in the video. <laughs> Rumps are shaken throughout the music video. And that was on, and we were, like, young girls, so it just kind of, I think, it just made us uncomfortable, because, like, when you're a young girl, you're, like, ashamed of everything, and you don't know what anything is, because nobody tells you what anything is, and you're just supposed to be like, no, I don't know! Like, that's... <laughs> hide in a corner, I don't know! And so, like, that came on, and somebody turned it off. And I just remember, in that moment, one of the coaches was like, Turn that back! (laughs) And I was like, I understand you. So that's my story about basketball camp. Do you guys want to keep the show rolling? We have so many amazing comics coming up. This next comic, also a friend of the show. We love it when she stops by. Please, you guys, give a warm welcome to Karen Deal right now! Ah, she's tall. Oh, look at that. Mm, fancy. 
fancy. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I, I grew up in the UK. Um, that's a place where the weather just looks like depression. <laughs> it looks like what depression feels like. It's like you know that there's other states that exist, but you don't feel it when you live there. Um, and colonization, they're angry, you know, and I'm Indian, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> But there were these two girls, these two little girls who are my best friends, Ruth and Natalie. Ruth and Natalie, they talk like that. And uh, Ruth and Natalie, like, were my best friends. And then one day they just decided, probably because, like, their dad told them, they looked at me and they're like, you're brown like poo. (laughs) And so I went home and I told my mother. They said, I'm brown like poo. And she goes, no, Kieran, you're not brown like poo. She talked like that, too, because she lived there. Um, You're not brown like poo. You're brown like chocolate. And then I thought about it for a little while, and I was like, actually, this is awesome, because uh, chocolate is delicious, but poo is hilarious. (laughs) So that's why I'm here. That's... (laughs) why I'm here. Um, I just got back from Brazil uh, recently. Yay! Brazil! You guys are like, that's a weird transition. Uh, I got back from Brazil, and Brazil um, is stunningly beautiful. There's a ton of traffic, and there's just eating disorders everywhere. I was like, this is like the Los Angeles of South America. Like, I'm literally home. Um, I didn't get Zika, but I did get malaria. Oh, malaria. Didn't do a good job um, of keeping myself safe. Uh, malaria is crazy. Got it, and I lost a ton of weight, right? And, uh, and I saw, like, an old friend, like, after, I would say, two weeks, and she looks at me, and she's like, oh, my God, you look so good. What did you do? And I was like, I got malaria. She's like, whatever it is, you just keep doing it. Another 10 pounds and you'll be perfect. (laughs) And I was like, how amazing would it be to bottle third world illnesses at a mall kiosk in Van Nuys in Vox bottles and just be like, you too can look like the children from Save the Children and walk the Paris runways. Of anorexia. He's so sad. He's like, "Mm, not me. I don't want to. Um, And then at the end, you're just like free-based antibiotics. (laughs) That's the end of the thing. Um, That would be the end of it. You come back, you're like, no. Something about a mall kiosk that really, (laughs) I just think it's, I just want to do it. Maybe I don't even want to be a comedian. Maybe it's just like a business idea. (laughs) Mm, 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 Yes, yes. Yes. When I got back, I was, this is crazy. Like I was in a Whole Foods and, um, and I was like North, I was North of Los Angeles. So I was in a Whole Foods and somebody called me a sand N word, a sand N word, which is, uh, apparently my racial slur. Okay. Look, here's the, here's the issue that I actually had with it is number one, it was in a Whole Foods. So sneak attack. (laughs) Like, what? This is supposed to be a safe space. We're all in the womb here. You know what I mean? I'm buying organic chicken. Really? Like, aren't you supposed to be somewhere in Louisiana in a bayou? Mm-mm. First issue. Second issue. Uh, I don't like that I don't feel comfortable saying my own racial slur. 
because it's somebody else's racial slur with an adjective tacked onto it. That makes me, because now it's like, I want to say it because it's mine, but then it's like, I don't want to say it. I just, I want racists to be consistent. Okay? It's like a cracker got an original word. Like they got their own word. You know, it's like cracker, spick, chink. Like just give me my own word. Be consistent. Or make it so that everybody's racial slur is an adjective and the (laughs) N-word. All the racial slurs, all of these original ones are just canceled out and then it's just like adjective N-word. So if you're Italian, it's pizza (laughs) N-word. And if you're Mexican, it's empanada N-word. And if you're Asian, it's noodle N-word. Guys, I'm just really hungry. That's what this is about. They're just all food. They're just all food references. I just want us all to be... I just want consistency. You understand? Like, just stick to one policy. That's my... That's my form of... What's it called? Um, I think I would make a good civil rights leader. (laughs) It's my... um, you get it. And then I just like walk off. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah like that. Yeah, you know, you know. Um, I, 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 think, I think politics are, are fun, uh, especially this year. Uh, but I'm, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge, I, I'm, a, I'm a Hillary supporter, and I know a lot of people here are probably Bernie supporters, and then that's probably 100% of this theater. Um, but I, I, I'm always, um, I'm always surprised uh, uh, when when people are surprised that uh, Hillary is a cunt, uh, <laughs> like people are really surprised. And I started this up by saying that I'm I'm a British, so I don't mean that offensively. They use it like you know candy there. You know, it's like cunt, cunt, cunt. They use it all the time. It's totally fine. It's not meant to be offensive. I'm always surprised when people because it's like she's the my my feeling on it is she's the first one. Like Hillary is the first woman. She's the first one, which means that it's like. Like, the first one is, all, like, of course she's going to be, like, the Terminator. Like, of course she is. It's like, how else are you going to break through a glass ceiling? Do you think, like, some woman can just be there and just be like, oh, excuse me, I'm so sorry. If you, could you just, like, sorry, I mean, if you could just, like, make it into, like, a sunroof or something. If you could just, like, if you could just, like, I mean, sir, if you could just, like, can you just, like, push it to the side a little? I just need to, like, squeeze through. No, it's, like, some crazy bitch who looks like a cyclops and has, like, you know, like, rubber bandages on her hands with like knives on the end she like she's like and then she like punches through that stuff and then there's like glass falling in her eyes and she's like and that's who's running for president you know that is our president it's like the first one like the first one is always going to be you know a cunt that's just um I just think Rosa Parks, you know, it's just, no, just <laughs> Harriet, Harriet Tubman, this is true, Harriet Tubman, Harriet Tubman used to hold knives to children's throats so that they would shut the fuck up in the Underground Railroad. Sometimes you have to do something terrible to do something amazing. I just want to see that on the $20 bill. It's just like, Tubman. <laughs> Tubman. Yeah. All right. Um, I always, uh, I always thought that I had an overactive imagination, you know. But it turns out that mental illness just runs in my family. <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, hold your applause. Just hold your applause. That's fine. Uh, about a year ago, my it's like one guy's like yeah. Um, about a year ago, my father uh, he got committed to a mental institution, and. Uh, and so I, 
I went to brunch with a friend of mine out here, you know, because I'm trying to relate more to white women. And <laughs> there we were, and she looks at me and she goes, oh my God, Kieran, you know, that is so hard. And you know, um, mental illness, it, it, it runs in families. Are you ever worried that the same thing is gonna happen to you? <laughs> and I was like, not until today, bitch. <laughs> and then I bitter. I just, just bitter face up. All right, that's my time. Thanks, guys. Here, Dale, you guys, let her hear it. And I will say, in solidarity, I am also a Hillary supporter. So if you want to leave now, just go ahead. <laughs> the one person. Woo! I like just retweeted a tweet because now you can do that. Like, good lord, social media is already like the most narcissistic mirror that we could possibly have. Like, I can't remember what the Greek tale is of like the person that it's Narcissus, right? That falls into. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having a great time. We won. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Christ. Oh, I'm so narcissistic. What was that guy's name again? Who was like really narcissistic? Anyway. I just fell into my own mirror by retweeting myself, but I had to do it because people were coming up to me because this is like Golden State territory. It's California. I get it. And also it's like cool to like Golden State or whatever. And people would be like, I'm rooting for the chaos. Like in conversation, I'd be like, yes, thank you so much. The same way like a week before that, they're like, I'm voting for Hillary Clinton. And it's so great. And you guys hate it, and that's fine. But I am going to keep talking about it for that one person that was like, Whoa, shit! <laughs> ah, it's so great. Uh, she's going to win, and you all are going to be mad, and then it's going to be fine, but we're going to be happy. Me and that person are going to be like, Whoa, shit! Damn it. Is anybody listening? Okay, you guys ready to keep the show going? Because we have so many great... This next comic runs a great show over at Stories every Saturday. You guys, please give a warm welcome to Dave Ross. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Who the fuck is Hillary? <laughs> Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> Vote for Trump. All right. Finally, I made it in here to you fucking liberals. And I can say some shit. He's going to do... I don't even breed. Um, I don't know what the fuck he's going to do. Fuck them all. Except Hillary. Just fuck him. Hey, nice to meet you. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, um, I uh, am back from a tour. I uh, was gone for six weeks, and I am so tired and so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It's a fucking nightmare out there. Stay here. Um, oh God, it's just really beautiful and wonderful here, and out there, it's... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, you gotta... You know, out there, everyone's ugly, and everyone's mad, and we just don't do those things here. Uh, everyone's attractive, and everyone's like, how are you? It's really nice. Um, it's actually not true. It's people are nice everywhere. Uh, I just pander in every city I'm in. Uh, when I go there, I'm like, "Fuck that place!" And thank God I'm out. And then I come back, and now everybody likes me. Uh, I uh, the one <laughs> the one thing that is is true is like. Uh, Basically, all the stereotypes you've heard of everywhere uh, are all true. Uh, they're all correct. And the biggest one is Orange County. Uh, the, my tour, 
ended right after I did a weekend of shows in Orange County. <laughs> and it's just Orange County. It's all real. After my first show, a guy came up to me, and he goes, uh, yeah, what's up, dude? That was the first line he had. Um, so already I was like, oh, this is a fucking cartoon. Sup, dude? Yeah, dog. Sup, dude? And then he said that for a solid 30, 40 minutes. Uh, sup, dog? Yeah, sup, dude? And I don't know how to, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And then I would laugh, and he'd go, sick, fuck yeah, sup, dude? It was, he was in a feedback loop of his own nonsense. Um, he, uh, how do I describe this person? He was like, uh, he was like an OC guy. He was like 30 feet tall. Um, he was 30 feet, feet tall, so blonde, like his skin was blonde. You know what I mean? He was wearing a flat brim hat, and the brim was a little bit longer, like five, six miles longer than a normal brim. Um, very, very tall. His body was a surfboard, actually. It was, so it was just like a surfboard with a head on top and a flat brim hat and really long blonde hair, and all his movements were very angular, just like his speech. Uh, <laughs> Hey, what's up, dude? How are you? Fuck yeah. Uh, and it's like he was drawing a square with his words. Hey, what's up? How are you? This is my girl. Fuck yeah. That was more of a Pentagon? Whatever, bro. Um, he, uh... <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so positive. That's the thing. Like, the, that's not a bad stereotype because it was just a happy person. And I was like, how did you do that, you fucking dick? Uh, you know? And just like, hey, what's up, dude? Are you going to smile? Because that's what I'm going to do right now. Uh, he, um, and this is what he said to me. He, uh, he came up. He enjoyed the show. And I gathered that from context clues. Uh, <laughs> Because I could not know that, judging simply based on the words he said to me. Um, this is what he said. Oh, shit, man. That shit was super fucking all the time. What did he say? What did he say? That was super fucking all the time. I can't stop saying that now. Dude, that was super fucking all the time. I say it to my mom. Hello, David. That was super fucking all the My birth, that was super fucking all the time. Thank you very much. Um... Doesn't it sound like, uh, it sounds like either he said nothing or he left like two full minutes out of the middle of that sentence. It sounds like his brain broke and he went super fucking fast forward all the time. He doesn't need to know. I'm just happy. Who gives a shit? Skate away, dude. Skate away. It really does sound like he left. There's like a huge blank in there. Dude, that was super fucking sick. And fucking, dude, I laughed so much, man. God, and I've been needing to laugh, dude, because my bro, my fucking, my homie, dude, died the other day. Just died, fucking skated off a bridge, dude. And I always, I just thought initially, like, that, like that's just what he wanted to do, because, like, that's what we all said we would do, man. Fucking thrash to the death, you know what I'm saying? Always want to go out skating. He just went out on top, dude. Hell yeah. But then we found this fucking suicide note, and in the note, he wrote that he felt like all he, all, his whole life, he just felt like one of those chocolate Easter eggs, you know? Like, beautiful and sweet on the outside, but then hollow in the middle, and I think about that all the time. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll find, find that guy. <laughs> Oh, should have got his name. That was super fucking. Even if that's how you talk at all, even if you said good, that was super fucking good. Is still pretty crazy <laughs> to say to someone. I um, I was joking about America being 
shitty. It's it's not true. I do love it. I love traveling. But the thing the thing is like you meet so many great people too. The, the the real the real thing that exists that's bad is there's hate state to state. I mean there's hate and fuck that. But every state hates the state and that's just a real thing. It's so bizarre. Illinois hates Indiana. Indiana hates Ohio. Ohio hates themselves. Well, not this week. Um, they're like, <laughs> thank you, Rhea. Thank you, Rhea. Uh, I, uh, yeah, Kentucky hates Tennessee. Tennessee hates Alabama. Georgia hates Alabama. Louisiana hates Alabama. Florida hates Alabama. Rhode Island hates Alabama. And what's great is if you go to, <laughs> you go to Alabama, they're like, fuck Mississippi. And in Mississippi, they're just like, yeah, it sucks here, for sure. <laughs> Stay out. Aw, it's okay. Um, they'll be fine. They're laws, you know? <laughs> get rid of those. It's fine. Um, get rid of all law. I got to say, isn't it interesting? I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, uh, talking about liberal politics. We're all on the same page in this black box theater in Los Angeles, California. Um, but, um, but the laws in North Carolina about bathrooms, of course that's fucked up. We're all on board. But there's something very funny about the government legislating where you piss. <laughs> like, do they not know they're doing that? Because what they're doing is saying, piss in that room, not in that room. Be there, not there. <laughs> Telling someone to piss in that room is not that different from being like, piss in this jar, now. <laughs> piss in your car, pee off a bridge, piss in the Best Buy, piss in my mouth. I sit where you fucking piss. <laughs> I piss where I want, government. <laughs> it's my catchphrase. I piss where I want, government. <laughs> government. Uh, <laughs> I um. I went on a date with a man once. While we're on this sort of subject. Um. Yeah. Because I was conflicted by my about my sexuality. Uh, because I'm not gay, but there's a whole high school that disagrees with that. <laughs> oh, man. They just let you know in high school, don't they? You're gay! Okay. Well, good morning. Thank you. It's nice to start ninth grade today here at Hitler High. Thanks a lot there, bud. Oh, man. I did. I was, uh, it, I was conflicted very much so, and it was because uh, I got called gay a lot. <laughs> and I guess I'm impressionable. Yeah. They were like, you're gay! And I was like, got it. I'll do that then. Cool. <laughs> you got a backwards hat on? You seem confident. I'll just do whatever you fucking say. Um, so here's what I did. I found a man. Uh, uh, did I say that yet? That, oh, yeah, that I went on a date with a man. <laughs> I'm so tired. I can't remember what I said. Hey, look, it was super fucking... Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so uh, I found a man we went out and we had the greatest date of all time uh, he held doors for me you know you know how that fucking feels maybe fucking try it ladies <laughs> yeah I said it yeah men 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 it all changes fuck them um, no it was great what happens at the end of a great date he wanted to kiss me, and I honestly hadn't thought that far ahead. <laughs> he got this look in his eye, and I was like, oh, yeah, right, okay. Well, I guess I'm going to find out if I'm gay right now, then. Right now, then. Okay. So this guy leans in to kiss me, and then I fainted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened? 
I still don't know what happened to this day. What am I, a southern belle in the sun? Oh, I got the vapors. Oh, this boy is just too handsome. I cannot, I cannot. Oh. Only time I've ever tried to kiss a man, I fainted. So I'm convinced I'm gay. I just can't handle it at all. Thank you guys so much. I'm Dave Ross. Enjoy the rest of the show. Probably, probably the only thing worse than being called gay in high school when you're not is being called gay in high school when you are. <laughs> just wanted to say that one. Um, <laughs> thanks, Dave. Cool. About those bathroom laws, it sucks, man. I feel like there are no bad... Like, I don't think there are laws on the books already that are like, thou shalt have a men's bathroom and a women's bathroom in every mall gas station. Like, there's no laws already there. It's just like they're just making up laws to make us our lives terrible, you know? Because we got, like, a little bit. So now there's people that are so angry because they feel like that little bit is a lot taken away from them. And that really bums me out because... The bathrooms have been a difficult place for me the whole time. <laughs> like, it's not like some new thing. Like, when I was a kid, I would go into public restrooms, go to women's restrooms, and I would get yelled at for being in the wrong bathroom, like, my whole life. I mean, I honestly have, like, PTSD from going into women's public restrooms. When I go in, I just go straight to the stall, straight to the thing. I don't look in the mirror, watch my hands. <laughs> Faucet doesn't work. Shit, 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 shit. It's the worst. And the two, it's okay. I'm here. My team just won a championship. Everything's great. Well, the thing I was going to say, like, I've been yelled at in the, the worst times. Like, there's two times that I've been, like, screamed at. And in a way, like, we all know when someone is, like, feeling threatened and then they elevate things and you're like, shit, what is going to happen right now? Like, what? I haven't done anything and this person is really aggressive towards me. Like, you know, maybe meth is involved. Something like that. <laughs> We've all been in those kinds of situations. Like I said, I'm from the wrong side of the tracks. I'm from Akron. That place is sketchy. But every time that I've been in a women's public restroom and somebody has screamed at me about it, and it's two times that that's happened in my life, once when I was six and recently about a year ago in Houston, Texas, I went into a bathroom. This person was like, get out of here. You're the wrong bathroom. What are you doing? Like just so angry and just escalating quickly. Both times that person screamed at me for being a man in a women's restroom, that person was a man. It's 100% true. Because they were cleaning the bathroom. But they were in the women's bathroom. And they were men. None of this matters, is my whole point. Like, you're in here to clean it, and there's no sign that says, women, do not come in, there is a man cleaning in here you be careful right now women you cannot pee there's a man cleaning your pee please ladies use your loins you cannot come in this restroom there is a man cleaning the floor of your recent pee do not come in there was no sign like that because who gives a shit if there's a man cleaning the bathroom and I go there's a door and then I'm just going to pee with the door and then I'm going to go hello, and then I'm going to leave. 
all kinds of women use the women's public restroom. Like, so I don't. I want to be inclusive when I talk about this, but I'm going to say it from my perspective, which is as a cisgendered woman. I, I'm a woman. I identify as a woman. So that's how I'm speaking. So please, I'm trying to be inclusive when I say this. But a women's public restroom is like a battlefield for just us. Because sometimes you go into a women's public restroom and it is covered in blood. And you're just like, damn, that was a rough one today. Like, we can handle our shit. Stay out of it. Anyway, that's my only point. I just, I, the, the bathroom, it is so irrelevant to them, to the people that are like passing these laws, it is so irrelevant to them. The only thing they're trying to do is to discriminate and punish transgender people and non-gender conforming people and gay people because like we just look different and they're just trying to punish us and take something away because we got one little inkling, one tiny little bit of equality in the country and people going like, yeah, it's like not a big deal. We're excited about this. People all over the country saying like, yeah, this is okay. We see you as people and they're like... Oh, they can't be people because what if I am not a person? Like, it's just. <laughs> Thank you, Peanut Gallery. Killing it over here, Oberlin. That is a BFA right there. That is somebody with a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Anyways, thanks you guys for listening to that. I really appreciate it. I'm trying to figure it out. Thank you. I've been talking about the the bathroom thing has been difficult my whole life. Oh, and I just want to talk about it, but I don't want to harm anybody in talking about it, but I feel like it has to be talked about. Anyway, I mean, one time I went into Target and this woman started staring at me like I was garbage. You know, she just started giving me this, ugh, ugh, you're in the wrong place. Just giving me this hairy eyeball that I've seen my entire life. She's staring me down. And then I looked at her and I realized she was trying to get her cart into the stall with her. <laughs> and I was like, this one's not on me. I'm not the one trying to get the wrong thing in here. You are. That's not even a person. That used to be a dinosaur, for Christ's sake. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> All right, we have two final comics left. Are you guys ready for them? They're both fantastic. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate you. This next comic is also a friend of the show. And guess what? He's also from Ohio. Cincinnati, I believe. So please, you guys, give a warm welcome to Jeff Tate. Hello. What's happening? Oh, I'm here to talk about bathrooms. Has anyone brought it up yet? Was. Jerry Sandusky used the right bathroom. <laughs> Dennis Haster used the right bathroom. Larry Craig, George Michael. Let's stop pretending there's a right and a wrong bathroom. Oh, it's already been dealt with? Is that too, too many things? Yeah, I sort of ran out of uh, relevant references and had to go back to George Michael. I'm a one-issue voter. I thought I wasn't. I used to make fun of people who were one-issue voters. If you had asked me two months ago, I'd be like, I'm fucking, I got all sorts of things. Income inequality, uh, regular equality, <laughs> like, like that thing. The, uh, so many issues. I was, very, I was well-versed. Not anymore. 
one issue voter. I'm going to vote for Hillary because she's the only candidate in my lifetime to hit my issue. A couple weeks ago, she announced that if she wins the presidency, she will release all the classified UFO files. <laughs> That's it. There you go. I'm on board. I'm sure she's going to do some other cool stuff, but fuck it. I mean, if Trump said he was going to release the UFO files, I'd have to vote for him. I want to know. It is high time we know. My favorite part about that was when she announced it, I'm positive Bernie Sanders was like, I was going to do that. I just didn't think I had to say it. Like, you can look at me and know that's the only reason I'm running. But he should have said it sooner. Get the feel for your fucking fan base, dude, right? When everybody you know that fucking comes to your place makes their own pants, tell them about aliens. Right? They want to know. <laughs> I've been a comic for like 14 years, long enough that I don't have any friends anymore who aren't comedians. All my friends are comics, and all we do is write jokes and tell them to strangers, and we're usually right. But sometimes, and I cannot figure out why, but I've written a bunch of jokes that don't work. We all have. Dave has. You heard some of them. Uh, but there's a, there's a few that I'm really confused by. Like jokes that I think are funny and my friends think are funny, but no one else ever thinks is funny. And I don't know how this is our fucking job and we're wrong. We're just fucking flat out wrong about some of these jokes, and I don't get it. One of them goes like this. Uh, Tom Waits has an email address, which means Tom Waits has an email address security question. What the fuck is the answer to that question? It's a, it's, Tom Waits has been a mishmash of words for 45 years already. And now he's got to fucking remember the name of his first pet. Somehow, Dead Mouse Dirt Path, is that it? junk shop fedora Tom Waits is the only guy Tom Waits when you go home uh, google him or ask your parents or whatever you fucking weirdos are staring at me for Tom Waits is the only guy who could make his email address security question one two three four five and no one would ever guess it that's a good question unbreakable right I don't get it no one ever laughs at it it's real dumb it's just me and my friends like that joke Right? Another one goes like this. My next, my next tattoo is going to say, I have already seen Memento. Right? right? I don't want to make that mistake again. What the fuck was that movie about? Seems like a cool detective movie. And then at the end, you're like, it was going backwards? What the fuck? Right? That's all my tattoos from now on. are just going to be reminders of things not to do. Like restaurants that I forget I hate. <laughs> so next time my buddy's like hey let's go to Long John Silver's I'll be like hang on uh, nope it says no Long John Silver's right here <clears throat> it actually says no Long John Silver's and the like so you know no Captain D's no Arthur Treacher's no fucking fast food seafood it's tattooed on me right here's one I know why this one doesn't work I know. Even I know. I still think it's funny, but I know why. A baby dies. But it's not my baby. And I didn't do anything about it. Like, it, I didn't have anything to do with it. 
And you got to remember, right now, as you're deciding whether or not to turn on me, that baby's dead whether I tell this joke or not. Why am I the asshole? Right? Eric Clapton wins Grammys, and that was his kid. I'm a dick. It's not even my kid. I'd have shut the window. Don't boo me, you fucks. So there was briefly... Right? I get it. I know why this joke doesn't work. There's briefly a show called Law and Order Trial by Jury, and it was a real-life version of Law and Order where they showed, like, real court cases. And in this one that I caught some of, I didn't see the whole thing. It was on very late. Uh, this guy accidentally killed his own baby. And that's very sad, and I don't, uh, I'm not condoning that. <laughs> right? If any of you fucking weirdos kill your own baby tonight, that got nothing to do with me. Not on board. I'm against it, probably. <laughs> Unless you haven't had it yet. And then it's your choice, and I'm out of it. Just tell me about aliens. Uh, his lawyer in court said out loud to the judge and the jury, he said this phrase, no one is arguing he killed the baby. <laughs> Which, of course not, because you're the defense attorney. You are literally the only person in this room that should be arguing that. But even he's like, can't argue that. His defense of this guy was uh, the, the lady whose baby it was, the, they had had a baby together. The lady knew this guy drank too much when she dropped the baby off at his house. That was the defense they presented. Was essentially exhibit A was a bumper sticker that says, shit happens. Right, like he warned you, it's on his car. <laughs> Exhibit B was a picture of him answering the door that night wearing a shirt to say, Here comes trouble. <laughs> drinking with a beer koozie to say, Life's a beach. Right? <laughs> and then I don't know what happened. I fell asleep. Maybe he didn't go to jail. I don't know. He's probably in jail. And the last one, I can never figure out why this one doesn't work. What if John Wilkes Booth was simply trying to play a prank on Abraham Lincoln? and did not know he had killed him until he'd already jumped to the stage, right? Like, he shoots him, jumps to the stage, and he's like, dudes, I just shot the president's hat off. And then the guys are like, what? And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> he's like, how did I shoot him in the head? I shot him in the top of that fucking hat. And then it turns out that Abraham Lincoln wore one of them stovepipe hats, not because he thought they were cool, but because Abraham Lincoln, and this is true, had like a cone head. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln had a cone head, so when John Wilkes Booth was just trying to knock his hat off, he like went through the top, like way up here where no person's head would be, but a cone head's head would be. It went through that part, and he died, but he was just, they, there's no pictures of him because it was a long time ago, so they just drew him with a regular head out of respect. <laughs> All right, thanks, everybody. Bye. Jeff Tate, you guys. Just moving the microphone. You guys, we have one final comic. He's very good. You guys excited for him? I don't know. Are you guys excited for him? Great. He's one of my favorite comics. We love it when he says by. You guys, please give a huge welcome to Brody Stevens.
it's National Selfie Day. Don't you don't you guys watch the the trending the trending lightning bolt on Twitter thing? What is that called? All right, here's the deal. You're a great audience. Give yourselves a nice hand. Yes, thank you for the quick judgment. Okay, I was raised by women. I'm not a bad guy. I worked at Gelson's. I, I, I enjoy salad bars. I'll put this thing down. Don't worry. How'd you hurt your hand? I, 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 hurt, I, broke, my, I broke my hand at one point. I broke my right hand, and I also had elbow surgery. May I ask how you hurt your hand? I didn't. I had a mask removed. She had a mask removed. All right, everybody. Let's, uh, the old... Okay. Let's just put this right. Could you mind holding the camera for me for a second? It's on me. It's on me. You're a good guy. I like your shirt. Look at this water right here. Who, who has a water like this? Anybody get a water like this? Two bucks at Gelson's. Yes, I brought my... Oh, check this out. I have a rule. When it's over 90 degrees in Burbank, I wear shorts. <laughs> Nothing. Great. UCB Comics? What's the deal? Is there a rivalry? Is Meltdown Comics in a rivalry with uh, Uptown Citizens Brigade? Because guess what, folks? Today, I was just offered the opportunity to be on and do audience warm-up, because I don't really do it anymore, but I have a special passionate energy. <laughs> the Meltdown television show, you guys know about that? Yeah. yeah. I got asked to be on it today. And I've had a lot of, you know why it felt good? Did you guys like that show, the Nikki Glaser show? Yeah. All right. I got fired from that show. <laughs> fired. Because I didn't look the producer in the eye. And a, and a doped up and drunk paid audience member walked out. So I got fired. A good guy. I went to Reseda. I drove a Pinto. I, wa I wanted to have a bar mitzvah, but I have a learning disability. I, I couldn't get through the Torah. I have adult onset Asperger's. I... Let's go, ladies. Come on. I'm on international internet right now. <laughs> what is happening could really, if somebody screen grabs it, gets it out there, this guy's struggling, boom, I'm done. That's how this town works. How do I know? Because I get calls to give energy. And now I feel weird energy in here because I've got a periscope. So what I'm going to do is, because I'm a good guy, I'm going to do crowd work. Because I'm from L.A., 
I'm parked illegally over there in Gelson's. I'm over there. But I'll tell you what, I worked at Gelson's as a child, Tarzana Gelson's, on Reseda. I did carts. I worked the counter. I would get uh, macaroni and beef on my lunch breaks. And to this day, I go to that Laurel Canyon Gelson's. And uh, I get macaroni and beef. And I think about those, those years at Gelson's bagging and doing the carts. It wasn't my thing. I was a baseball player. I mean, look at me. <laughs> when I'm, if I'm not doing, I'm also, I'm a roadie for Blink-182. Uh, this is my Inland Empire guy. Let's go! I'm on internet! I'm going to do crowd work and make you feel the energy of pressure. You're alright, you're alright, you're alright, you're alright. Something going on here. I'm getting judgment there. Now I'm getting a laugh because I confronted it. You're a good guy. You look like that. Uh, you look like a boxer. Are you a boxer from Ireland? Where are you from? Chicago. Chicago. Okay. I made a mistake. <laughs> have I been to Chicago? Yes, I have. <laughs> Recently, in fact. And then I took, I liked it so much, I took a train to Milwaukee. <laughs> and I took a photo with the Fonzie statue. Who's seen the Fonzie statue in Milwaukee? Anybody? It's called the Bronze Fonz, it's there. Oh, what do I know? What do I only get asked to be a part for the third season in a row for Meltdown. My shows work. I created Chelsea. I created Ridiculousness. I created the vibe at Best Damn Sports Show. Everybody's come through that show. I get it. And you know what? I can tell, because I'm relaxed now. This crowd gets it. You're you're good. You're good people. This show's a good show. Cameron and Reed, they they, they do a good job. Rick Ray. <laughs> I see. I get nervous. That's a problem. Now it's awkward. And I yell. And that's why I take Lamictal. <laughs> CBS. They keep calling me. I get nervous with names. Hey, I messed up in Chicago. I did the Oddball Comedy Tour. I hosted 20,000 people. We were in Tinley Park. You know where that is? Tinley Park, 20,000 people. I was so nervous, like I'm nervous with Bree. <laughs> I was hosting. I, in front of 20,000 people, Chris D'Elia was on stage. You know Chris D'Elia, star of Undateable. He was on stage, and I was taking him off and then bringing on Chris Hardwick. So Chris D'Elia was on stage, you know, keep it going for Chris Hardwick. I messed their names up. And it, how I felt now in this situation is what I felt then. <laughs> Doesn't feel good. But it happened in Chicago. <laughs> and look at the Cubs. And you, and you don't even have to like baseball. They go, you know what? I know about that story. It's a good story. Do you guys know that the Cubs are on a record-breaking pace this year? Not many people, okay. <laughs> but I know what's going on in your world. 
Really? People like hate sports. I hate sports. I hate baseball. That's what I said. But I won't go around and go, I hate movies. I hate them. I just go with it. I go with it. So I saw, the reason why I feel good is because I saw the tweet today that not safe work. I was not welcome. <laughs> but for some reason, I'm, I'm allowed to hang out with these the Cubs, Major League Baseball. To my friends that coach with them, they let me hang out. I got to suit up for the Cubs this year. A lot of people, they go, oh, I throw out the first pitch in a game. Ceremonial first pitch. You've seen it all over Instagram. That's the big deal. <laughs> Not me. I catch the first pitch. <laughs> That's how you got to go in there. <laughs> Three first pitches I caught this year in spring training in Mesa, Arizona. And then I was out there because my friend's a coach. He went to Taft. I went to Reseda. We understand winning. We push. <laughs> <laughs> so I was there. Like I said, you guys are good. I got to do that. And then um, I coached first base for the Cubs against the Dodgers this year. Clayton Kershaw. It was just like really kind of, a, it was amazing. It was great. I didn't plan on it, but I put out that energy. I got to coach first base. And then that night, I got fired from at mid. Well, not at mid. I worked there too. I quit that. Couldn't take it. But nothing against at midnight. I like Chris. I got that show up and running. I got that show Emmy nominated. <laughs> started Chelsea with folding chairs I believed in it in closing <laughs> I didn't even do my drums um, so yeah I got fired I coached first base and I was coming back to work on a Thursday over at Hollywood Center Studios and they had some like producer guy fire me basically say we're going to go in another direction. Whatever. Long story short, that bothered me, of course. <laughs> Let that go. Hope, putting out negative energy for that production, of course. Well, he, he got fired. <laughs> the guy who got rid of me, he got fired. You don't do that to me. I'm a blue-collar Jewish guy. You don't do that. Not in this town. Not to me. Uh, sorry. So he got fired. Now they got to show up again, so let's see what happens. So I saw that tweet, and I go, F Whatever, I'm a good guy, positive push, doing a good show tonight. And then I got the call that I'm getting to do Meltdown. I thought I was like out of warm-up. I get fired from every job now. But Meltdown reached out to me and they brought me back. So that feels good. You guys are fun. I always have a thanks for letting me ramble a little bit. Uh, I know I'm wearing shorts. I got another show downtown. Who wants to go with me downtown? In my car. I'm an Uber driver. I'll take you for free. My buddy will take you back. He's a lift. <laughs> All right, listen, I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good night, folks. But I was going to drum, but I can't.
Jeff Tate, Dave Ross, and myself. We're here every Tuesday night. We'll see you next week. Thanks, you guys. Have a good one. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to cover your hands together. Put your hands together. Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <laughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos, <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.